You're listening to Comedy Central. October 1st, 2019. From Comedy Central's World News Headquarters in New York, this is The Daily Show with Trevor Noah, Ears Edition. tonight is a journalist and an author who covers the billionaires who rule the world. Anand Girdadas is joining us, everybody. Gonna be a really fun conversation. Also on tonight's show, college athletes are about to be rich, a Democratic candidate murdered a duck, and Donald Trump <laughs> is getting impeached. Yeah! yeah. Woo! That's right. Give it up for President Mike Pence. All right, let's catch up on today's headlines. Let's kick it off with one of the greatest viral videos in a long time. Some pretty incredible video from Chicago's O'Hare Airport. A catering truck packed with beverages spinning out of control on the tarmac. You can see a lot of uh, airport workers are surrounding it. They don't know how to stop the thing. It went on for a while, but just as the truck gets dangerously close to hitting the plane, a hero comes forward to save wow. the day. All right. That's how you do it. Yeah. All right, just like that, the chaos was over. It turns out a case of water fell on the gas pedal. Oh! Yeah, that's what caused the truck to keep spinning and spinning. Holy shit! <laughs> that is the craziest thing I have ever seen at an airport. Well, I mean, the second craziest thing. The first is the price of a muffin at Obon Pan. I mean, $12. The thing better have Wi-Fi inside of it. But that was insane! The thing is spinning around. And I know, just knowing airports, they probably didn't tell anybody on the plane what was going on. People are sitting there, the pilot was just like, uh, we got a slight delay with the beverages. Uh, it'll take a few more moments. Uh, they probably even just picked those things up off the ground, put them back on the plane, you know? And someone on the plane was just sitting there and they're just like, oh, what was that out there? I don't know, I'll enjoy my complimentary Diet Pepsi now. And just... <laughs> I've watched this video so many times, I love it. It's like one of my favorite videos. And every time I watch the video, I see something new that makes me laugh. Like, there's, there's always, like, like, for instance, like, watch the video again. For instance, you don't notice someone's already been attacked by the car. You see that? You don't see that, right? And then the dude comes running in. Look at that, he's, look at this guy. He just runs in like a hero, and then he ducks it once, all right? And then, and then the car swings around. It almost hits him now. Yeah, yeah, now it's personal. Now he's like, okay, I'm coming for this car. Grabs the, look at it, grabs the red thing, drives it in so confident. I don't even know how he knew this would work. And he's like, bam. And this is my favorite part here. He makes sure it's dead. This is the best part. He's like, look at it. Make sure it's dead. That's a hero. That's a hero right there. That was amazing. He just took that cart out like the cart was Trump and the red thing was the impeachment inquiry. It was like, boom! Oh, oh, the red thing was Trump and the cart was the deep state. I don't want to alienate our pro-Trump viewer. Hey, Gary. Seriously, I've never seen, <laughs> I've never even seen that red thing at an airport before. Like, I don't know if you guys have. Like, maybe it's only there to smash out of control beverage carts. In the past 30 years, there's been one guy at the FAA who's like, we need one of these next to every plane, trust me. And today he's like, what did I tell ya, huh? <laughs> All right, but let's move on to a major story from the world of sports. 
California's governor signing a first-in-the-nation law that would allow college athletes to get paid to play. Hoping to even the playing field, tonight California's governor says college athletes can get paid to play. The new law set to impact prospects who attend universities like USC, UCLA, Cal, and Stanford. The Fair Pay to Play Act, signed by Gavin Newsom, will allow college athletes in 2023 to earn compensation for the use of their name, image, and likeness. Out of high school, star players could sign with agents and cash in on endorsements. Yes, it's official. College athletes in California can now get paid. Yeah. And this, this is really great news because now they can afford to pay other kids to take their tests for them. This is really good. <laughs> no, but seriously though, I, I support this completely, right? Because I don't think it's ever been fair that the NCAA makes so much money from these athletes, but then doesn't let them make any money from their own work, right? This would be like kids running a lemonade stand, but the parents take all the cash, you know? <laughs> the kid is just like, I made $4. Like, no, I made $4. <laughs> You're an amateur who does this for the love of the game. That's right. Now, the NCAA says that they're actually planning to challenge this ruling in court. Uh, but to make things fair, I think they should have to use unpaid student lawyers to see how that works out for them. <laughs> Just see how it goes. All right. And finally, in Democratic primary news, a lot of people haven't been paying attention to Amy Klobuchar in this race. But I think other politicians may want to because she is dangerous. And I mean, really dangerous. <laughs> Amy Klobuchar making a bit of an awkward statement during an event in Detroit over the weekend. I did one time try to play golf, but I misfired on uh, the first try and the ball hit a duck in the head and yeah, it appeared to, appeared to perish. God damn. I know most politicians have skeletons in their closet, but I didn't think there'd be actual duck skeletons in someone's closet. I also love how she was telling this, like, a lighthearted story, like, <laughs> this one time I killed a duck. <laughs> and then she realizes halfway through the audience is not on board with duck murder. <laughs> and you can see she changes. She's like, this one time I hit a duck and smashed his skull. And, uh, yeah, and I wasn't happy about that. And the duck <laughs> is now at a farm upstate with your goldfish from middle school. <laughs> I know people are surprised that she told the story as well. But the thing is, when you're on the campaign trail, all you do is talk all day. So, I mean, eventually, this is gonna turn into a weird therapy session. This was bound to happen. <laughs> Every candidate is gonna end up revealing too much, you know? Just be like, speaking of tariffs, one time I hit someone with my car late at night, not sure if they made it or not. Sorry, what was, <laughs> what was the question? And you know what the saddest thing is? There was no good way to warn a duck that the ball is coming. Yeah, cause you see it and you'll be like, duck! And the duck's like, actually, my name is Henry. <laughs> All right, that's it for the headlines. Let's move on to our top story. <laughs> President Trump's Ukraine scandal. Like a rash you get from a hot tub, it is growing bigger every day. <laughs> it's also put a spotlight on Ukraine because now we want to know everyone who visits the country and what they talk about, which is probably why this made the news. In perhaps a surprising move, a Hollywood A-lister meeting with the president of Ukraine, Tom Cruise visited the country to scout potential shooting locations for a new movie. Ukraine's president knows a thing about stardom. He was a successful media producer and actor before he ventured into politics. Thank you, You're you good looking. <laughs> <laughs> like in movie. You good looking. <laughs> he says that like he's met other actors, he's like, oh, yeah. But you, no, good, good. 
This is insane, though. Even Tom Cruise is in Ukraine? You realize that means this thing goes deep. Yeah. Because I, I think I know how this happened. Trump was probably like, as America's top spy, I'm gonna send you on an impossible mission to get dirt on Joe Biden. I need you, Tom. I need you. Tom Cruise was probably like, sir, I'm not actually a spy. He's like, all right, you're not a spy. Perfect. But while Tom Cruise might be the biggest news in Ukraine, on this side of the scandal, there's a different man who's in the spotlight right now. The House impeachment inquiry is now focusing on President Trump's personal point man, Rudy Giuliani. The president's attorney now facing a legal battle of his own tonight as three House committees subpoena Rudy Giuliani, looking for documents about his interactions with Ukraine. And Would you testify? Because I think Jay Sekulow is absolutely right. You, you don't have to do anything. Oh, I don't know. I'm, I'm weighing the alternatives. I'm, I'll kind of like go through it. I'll get all my evidence together. I'll get my charts. I don't know if they let me uh, use videotapes and tape recordings that I have. Yeah. Rudy Giuliani says he'll only testify if he's allowed to bring recordings and, like, equipment, and some people think he's being defiant. I, I get it. You know how long and boring those congressional hearings are? Like, if I had to sit through one of those things, I'd also want to bring my iPad. I'd be like, yeah, okay, I'll come, but I'm watching Game of Thrones the whole time and Fleabag as well. That's the compromise. I'm watching it all. But yes, Trump isn't the only person who's in hot water for this whole Ukrainian Hunter Biden, Joe Biden scandal. It may also take down the person Trump hired to protect him, Rudy Giuliani. The question is, has Giuliani done enough to also be impeached? Well, let's get to it in The Daily Show's courtroom drama and find out. Time to put your gavel where your mouth is. This is the courtroom of Judge Mentor. I didn't say Simon Says. <laughs> Welcome to the impeachment trial of Rudy Giuliani, personal attorney to the president and courageous rabies survivor. <laughs> Giuliani is accused of a number of high crimes that have thrust this nation into turmoil. So let's begin the trial. First count! The president's lawyer is accused of being the ringleader of this entire circus. Let's see the evidence. The whistleblower singles out Rudy Giuliani as a central figure in the scandal. The president's personal lawyer is mentioned 30 times in the complaint, which cites meetings he had with at least seven Ukrainian officials. U.S. officials were deeply concerned by Giuliani's circumvention of national security decision-making and efforts to relay messages between the White House and Ukraine. Yes, it appears Rudy Giuliani was the anus of this entire operation. <laughs> Everything passed through him, <laughs> and it stinks to high heaven. <laughs> Order! For God's sake, he was mentioned 30 times in the whistleblower's report. That's 29 times too many! <laughs> I mean, you know you're in trouble if you control F your name in a whistleblower's report, and the screen lights up like a motel bed under a black light. <laughs> but that alone is not enough to impeach a lawyer. For impeachment to occur, I would need to see if he, in fact, has made things worse for his client by constantly saying far too much on TV. <laughs> Roll the evidence. 
Giuliani has admitted to pressuring Ukraine to open an investigation into former Vice President Joe Biden and his son Hunter. Giuliani publicly announced he planned to travel to Ukraine to push for investigations that he told the New York Times, quote, will be very, very helpful to my client. At the time, Giuliani said, quote, we're not meddling in an election. We're meddling in an investigation. Then saying, quote, there's nothing illegal about it. Somebody could say it's improper. Did you ask the Ukraine to investigate Joe Biden? No, actually, I didn't. Never asked finding. anything about Hunter Biden. You never asked anything about Joe Biden. The only thing I asked about Joe Biden is to get to the bottom of how it was that Lutsenko, who was appointed, right. dismissed the case against Antak. So you did ask Ukraine to look into Joe Biden? Of course I did. You just said you didn't. <laughs> yes. It appears Giuliani was outsmarted by Chris Cuomo. <laughs> which in and of itself is a crime. <laughs> and even worse, this so-called mastermind confessed on national television. Never in my four-minute career as a judge have I seen anything like this. <laughs> the more Giuliani speaks, the more he implicates Donald Trump. He's like the conservative Takashi 6 9 <laughs> That snitching-ass bitch. <laughs> so... The defendant has made multiple confessions, and honestly, this thing is going a lot easier than I expected. <laughs> I wish all the cases before me went like this. So let's move on to our third charge, which may be the most damning of all. Rudy Giuliani stands accused of being one crazy-ass mother <laughs> Evidence, please. And the reason they want me to be silenced is not because I'm unhinged, it's because I've got facts. What's this guy Romney like? You know what I told him? He's our Al Gore. I told the president of the Ukraine that we're going to fight corruption. Uh, Shut up, moron. Shut up. Let me finish, Chris. Let me finish. Uh, I want to move the conversation along, because a lot of other stuff is out there. Because he's a Democrat. Because he's a Democrat. A lot of criminals are not all that... I'm sorry. A lot of alleged criminals are not all that smart. And he said to his... That's how we catch them. You think I'm stupid? You think I've given you all my evidence? The only person that counts in an extortion, alleged extortion, is the victim. We're out he of said time, I Rudy. wasn't pressured. It doesn't matter if Schiff was... A... All right, Rudy, we're it out of time. Sorry to, cut, sorry to cut you off. You got to get your voice back. Order, order. <laughs> Clearly, this man is out of control. I mean, it says a lot when you are the most unhinged person on Fox News. <laughs> That's like being the smelliest person at a burning man. Very hard to pull off. And so, I think I've seen all I need to render my verdict. On the charges of interfering in foreign affairs, acting as the president's personal thug, and just being an overall hot mess in breach of the Hot Mess Act of 1834, <laughs> this court finds you, Rudolph William Dracula Giuliani, <laughs> guilty! Your punishment... Your punishment will be 200 years of community service where you will be frightening children at one of those spooky Halloween houses. <laughs> is adjourned. We will be right back. Welcome back to The Daily Show. The president is facing impeachment, and it's all because of this call with the president of Ukraine, which makes it even stranger that Trump is the one who released the transcript of that call where we clearly see him asking Zelensky for the favor. 
But now we're finding out that his people told him not to release that transcript because even they knew how bad it looked. There are a lot of White House aides who did not want this transcript to be released. Many argued against it. They worried that putting it out um, would be problematic for the president. It wouldn't be as good for him as he expected. You had a real internal debate. You had uh, secretaries Mnuchin and Pompeo arguing against it privately um, and also publicly. He believed that releasing the transcript would would exonerate him, would be uh, exculpatory. The conversation, by the way, was absolutely perfect. It was a beautiful, warm, nice conversation. <laughs> you know, I can safely say I've never heard someone talk about a phone conversation that way. <laughs> Absolutely perfect, beautiful and warm. <laughs> like, I actually feel bad for every other call Trump has to make from now on. It'll never, it'll never live up to that standard. He'll be on the phone with, like, the leader of Spain. He'll just be like, he'll be like, well, Donald, I just want to say thank you for the time. I think we can all agree this was a great call. It's like, actually, it was just okay. <laughs> Because you should have heard my call with Ukraine. So perfect. So beautiful. It was like the Ivanka of calls. This call, this call on the other hand, is more like an Eric. Totally an Eric call. It's mine, but I'm not a big fan. So for more on the decision to release the call, let's talk to a man who makes illicit phone calls all the time. Michael Costa, everybody. This, this call, Michael, seems to be the thing that could get Donald Trump impeached. Yeah, Trevor, Trump is in trouble, which I understand better than anyone. I was once impeached out of a Denny's at 3 (laughs) a.m. So you were kicked out of a Denny's? Yes, but impeachment sounds classier. Okay, uh, Michael, here's my question, though. Uh, Clearly, Trump's aides didn't want this transcript to be released, right? So, so, so why did the president think this was such a perfect call? Like, How did he not see that what he did was wrong? Well, it's simple, Trevor, because Trump didn't do anything wrong. Wait, what? Yeah. (laughs) Trevor, to do wrong, you have to know what's right. In, In the same way that without darkness, can you really have light? With, without the weak, is there might? Without a gym, could there be a Dwight? Please don't, 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 don't encourage him. Costa, everyone, everyone agrees that the United States president asking a foreign leader to dig up dirt on his political rival is wrong. Okay, but Trump doesn't know right from wrong. So technically he can't do anything wrong. You can't blame a blind man for driving on the wrong side of the road, so you can't blame a morally blind man for committing crimes. Yeah, well, I certainly wouldn't let a blind man drive. Wow, racist. But (laughs) but it doesn't matter, because America voted to let this morally blind man drive the presidency. And now we have no choice but to sit in the back seat and pray he doesn't crash into too many old ladies. Michael, Michael, no, it is totally different. Blindness isn't a character trait, it's physical. So is moral blindness. In fact, it's genetic to the whole Trump family, okay? Don't forget, Robert Mueller let Don Jr. off the hook for colluding with Russia because he didn't know colluding with Russia was a crime. He walked away from that a free man, and then he locked himself in his car. So, so you're saying Trump shouldn't be punished because he doesn't know any better. That is ridiculous. No, no, Trevor, it's inspiring. 
If, if ignorance is the ultimate legal defense, then we should all strive to be as ignorant as possible. That's why for the past week, I've been unlearning how to read. That way I can't get in trouble for not paying my bills or ignoring divorce papers or disregarding restraining orders from Denny's. Jesus, Costa, I, I feel like unlearning to read seems like a lot of work. No way, it's as simple as AGV. Michael Costa, everyone, we'll be right back. My guest tonight is an editor-at-large at Time and an author whose critically acclaimed book, Winners Take All, The Elite Charade of Changing the World, is now available in paperback. Please welcome Anand Girdadas. Welcome to The Daily Show. Thank you. Congratulations on a book that has made you the enemy of billionaires all over the world. Right. You are a foolish man. Right. Why would you write a book that basically accuses billionaires of being, like, fake good people as philanthropists? What does that even mean? There was no good reason to do it, except that it was true. <laughs> you know, we live in this time... Um, and I was thinking about it when you were talking about the president, because he's kind of an example of this. He had a fake foundation. Um, they're not all fake. But we live in this time in which rich people, you can't walk down the street in Manhattan or other parts of the country without bumping into a rich person trying to change the world, right? Mark Zuckerberg's trying to change the world. Elon Musk is going to try to change the world. Jeff Bezos changing the world. They're all changing the world. More money being given away than has ever been given away in the history of the world. Right. Young people, all you know, elite graduates, elite campuses, we want to go to Africa, start a social enterprise, mm -hmm. turning mm -hmm. recycled poop into coffee. Right. Um, <laughs> with tote bags, Bono is involved, yes. a red iPhone case you get right. for free. And the question is, why is it that this era of extraordinary elite generosity, which is real, happens to coincide with an age of extraordinary elite hoarding? The very same class of billionaires and plutocrats who do so much to give and constantly talk about how much they give have a monopoly on the future in this country. The 1% in this country uh, takes 49% of new income. Yeah. Half the new income. And imagine if all the new income in this studio audience went to one person, right, half of it. Imagine if another true statistic, the 0.1%, 0.1% owns more wealth than the bottom 80% of people in this country. Right. Um, the bottom half of people in this country on average have not gotten a raise, as many of you may know, in 40 years. Right. And so the question then becomes, what's the relationship between all this nice stuff elites do and this elite predation? And the relationship that I discovered when I reported this book was but, that but, it's, but, this but, nice, it's these nice deeds, this right. sprinkling of nice deeds that help us uphold a system in which rich people can monopolize the future, hoard progress, and kill the American dream. And not satisfied with that, they're trying to kill the planet now, too. Okay, but let's, let's go back on this. So you're saying the people hoard the money, all right? But now, everyone here tries to keep the money that they make. I mean, I think that is like a logical thing that human beings do. You get the money, you keep the money. No one gets the money from like work and then is like, meh. You get what I'm saying? <laughs> so, so when you're saying that they're hoarding the money, people would go like, yes, but Anand, that's the American dream. You work hard and then you make your money. Why, why is that a problem? Or why do you think that that is a paradox with the public giving that they're doing? I think another a simpler way to say what you're saying, which I agree with, is that Plute's gonna Plute. <laughs> I even have the shirt. Okay. <laughs> Plut's gonna Plut. Yes, which they're, means... gonna, they're gonna fight for their interests. Okay. The plutocrats are gonna do what's good for plutocrats. You're right. 
the thing is, this is not feudal England. So we actually have systems that are designed to keep them in check because you're right. People are going to fight for their own interests. Right. And when you have people who have such vast fortunes that they have the power as monopolies to decide which way our elections go, which is a power Mark Zuckerberg frankly has, when you have someone who has the power to dictate whether workers have to pee in a bottle to be able to you know, survive and make productivity at their company, when you have people with so much power over consumers, um, you can't just say the hoarding impulse is gonna be the hoarding impulse. You have to tax people properly, taxes, taxes, taxes. Um, you have to regulate people properly. You have to have a minimum wage that actually allows people who have no leverage against right. these billionaires to have the shared leverage that we all have, which is through a government negotiating yes. for us. People don't understand. People denigrate the government. Over the last 40 years, we've lived in this country under an ideology that says government is bad, wealth creation is good. You know what the government is? The government is like a lawyer who represents all of us, right? And and and. Rich people are not all good or all bad the way you or me or anybody else is all good or all bad. But when rich people start to under, make money by underpaying people systemically, make money by, uh, frankly, avoiding taxation in any way they can, hiding money, uh, make money by in employing people insecurely, you're a contractor, mm -hmm, you work mm -hmm. at Uber, I but you don't it. really work right. at Uber, you do all of that. It's time for the advocate for all of us, the government, um, to actually fight on our behalf. But now here's the thing. There are many billionaires, right? You say the elite charade of changing the world, but there are many billionaires who have come out publicly and said, hey, we should be paying more tax as billionaires. We want to be taxed higher. You know, like Warren Buffett has come out many times saying, guys, you know, my, my personal assistant pays a higher tax rate than I do, which is not fair. So if the billionaires are saying we should be paying more tax, then why would you say that it's a charade or why do you say that like they're part of the problem? Those billionaires are saying the right thing. Um, now, what is interesting, some of the people you mentioned, if you double click on some of what they actually do in their life, what they do is they say, we should pay higher income tax. And then right. they call their accountant immediately when they're off the CNBC air. And they say, hey, Bob, uh, just make sure I have only wealth accumulation this year, capital gains, no income increase. Because you can do that when you're rich. You can just shuffle things around. So, you know, if you look at Warren Buffett and others, they say higher income taxes, but they don't have a lot of income. But because they, you know, put right. it over there in the investment Like pile. your shares right. give you the money uh, and that's taxed at a lower rate. Yes. And I think what we don't realize in this country, I mean, now we're heading into the election season and we're starting to have a bunch of candidates who in various ways would at least gesture to what I'm talking about, right? Inequality is bad. Mm -hmm. We got to rebuild mm -hmm. the middle mm -hmm. class. Mm -hmm. But part of why I wrote the book and part of why I hope it's relevant as we head in the election is a lot of the people who sound similar when they're talking about fixing this problem are actually quite different. And I think of the book as a set of infrared lenses to actually understand who's peddling real change and who's peddling fake change. Because you look at people who say, gosh, we've got to rebuild the middle class, but who also say, as Joe Biden did, you know, nothing's going to fundamentally change for the billionaires in this country. I just have to say, that is an incoherent, and I don't just mean rambling incoherent, as is the Biden way, but is an incoherent, intellectually incoherent theory. Because in this moment, I'm not saying all moments, but in this moment, the people up above are up above because they are stepping on people down below. And the people down below are down below because they are being stepped on. And you cannot say that I want to help the people down below in a way that will change nothing for the people standing on their necks. The same way you couldn't address feudal England, you couldn't address the Downton Abbey world mm -hmm. without dealing with why the Granthams are the only people who own that damn castle. So big, <laughs> right? You couldn't deal with slavery without 
making things worse for the white plantation owners. You, there's no, you can't, frankly, look at the Me Too world. You can't make things better for women in this world without, frankly, reducing the power of men to, to have impunity in so many of the spaces you and I and everybody else operate in. Right. Real change involves the loss of power. And at the heart of this book is the idea that there has been an ideology for the last 40 years that is the ideology of win-win. We can empower the least among us. We can help people in Africa. We can help people in Appalachia. And no one has to suffer. The rich people don't have to pay any more taxes. They don't have to be regulated anymore. And it is a lie. It is a lie. The only change worth doing in a moment like this with such inequity is change that will necessarily make the plutocrats less powerful. The answer to a winners-take-all world is almost logically a world in which the winners take less. And as you said, they're not going to sign up for that. It's us acting together, joining things, getting involved, getting involved in democracy that are going to take change back from the charade. A powerful statement. Did I convince you yet? That is a powerful, powerful statement. And I think you're right, but I will keep my billionaire friends. Thank you so much for being <laughs> on the show. Thank you. Winners take all. Truly a fascinating book that exposes the world we live in today. It's available now on Endgear.us, everybody. <laughs>